Well, good afternoon and welcome to another live episode of the Star Hours with myself, Steve Jones, and our regular hours correspondent, Alex Miller. We are live on Facebook and Twitter, so if you've got any questions, um, just drop them in the comments and we'll get through them. We want to know this week, um, who's your player of the year so far this season and why? Um, and we'll, Alex will be giving his top three guys. He doesn't know that yet, but um, I'm going to get him to listen to his top three players at the end of this episode. Um, first of all, mate, how was your pilgrimage to Portsmouth and back? Pilgrimage to Portsmouth, I like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was all right. It was uh, pretty painless. I was on the train, so I managed to get some work done there and on the way back. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was a point sort of getting down south, looking at the weather, looking at sort of the, the rest of my train journey, noticing there was a lot of delays and stuff. And it just felt for a moment like the game might be in jeopardy. Um, I know Danny Cowley said after the game that um, about four o'clock the pitch was underwater and he thought there was no chance. Um, so the, the ground staff have obviously done a good job down there and yeah, thankfully for, for me and for every other person that had tripped down from Yorkshire they managed to get the game on. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking of you when the um, the selection the selection. Sorry, I've just seen a, a question that's throwing me off. Um, when there was a team uh, an inspection, that's the word I was looking for at half six, and I just thought he's going to have two pages worth of content to fill in the newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I did yeah. end you at that point. Um, obviously, there were a few changes on Tuesday. Can you just run through from the top, off the top of your head, if you can, the injuries because they continue to bite as well as, unfortunately, a suspension for Massimo Luongo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Shay Dunkley um, and Josh Windass, I think, were the sort of headline players to have to have missed out. Um, obviously, a bit of panic once that team news comes out amongst the, the, the fan base on Twitter and all the rest of it. And it sounds very much like Dunkley had a bit, just a bit of a minor strain, um, so couldn't take part. Uh, Windass, it was more of a precaution, really. He had soreness in a couple of areas, which is which is fairly common for for footballers in you know in this day and age of sports science and all the rest of it. When they've come back from such a a long period out, you know they they are sort of more susceptible to to knocks and and cuts and bruises and all that sort of thing. So um, yeah, they were sort of the, the headline grabs. Kieran Brennan missed out with a, a bit of a knock to his hip. Dennis Adenarin is still out. Obviously, the long-term absentees, Sam Hutchinson and, and Dominic Iorfa, and it, it left them again short at the back. Marvin Johnson came back in, did pretty well, I thought. A couple of hairy moments defending. Um, but his return was uh, was certainly timely, and it meant that Liam Palmer had to play at the centre of a back three with essentially two wingers either side of him, and they kept a clean sheet. So That's impressive. All- yeah, all's well that, that ends well there, I guess. Um, but yeah, Darren Moore's hope, hoping that he'll have at least a couple of those players back. Certainly, I'd expect Josh Windass maybe to feature at, at Crew on Saturday. Uh, he was pretty hopeful on on Shea Dunkley as well. Um, and yeah, the big blow, sort of the one dark cloud really over what was a, a good performance, I think, and a, a good certainly a good result on the road was Massimo Luongo's straight red card, um, which, speaking to Darren afterwards, will not be appealed um, by Wednesday. And so he will he will miss the next three matches, which is certainly a big blow because we, we've spoken, haven't we, a number of times. And I've written countless articles about the impact that he's had since he's come back in. Yeah, I know uh, Joe Cran is a, is a big fan too, but it feels like on Portsmouth, um, it's definitely a point gained. Would that be a fair point, fair thing to say? 
I think so. I think going down there, that's that's probably you know if you're going to set yourself out at the start of the season, you're going to think where are the, where are the acceptable draws. Um, Fratton Park would would certainly be one of them. Um, in terms of the game itself, Wednesday had little moments, man of the match without any shadow of a doubt. You know, Bailey Peacock Farrell with a an international class performance and certainly rivaling his his effort away at, at Rotherham United, and that, that sort of tells. A bit of the tale, really, that, that the goalkeeper was the man of the match. Um, I'd say that Portsmouth were, were probably the better team on the night. Certainly that last half an hour, there was a bit of an onslaught. Um, but Wednesday did have their chances. And, and yeah, certainly both both managers, Danny Cowling and Darren Moore, have been nominated for the uh, Manager of the Month Award, which sort of tells you where both teams are in terms of form and all the rest of it. Um, I don't think either team will have been particularly devastated by a by a draw or thought of it as two two drop points, but I, I say that on the balance of the game and all the rest of it, Wednesday probably a little bit happy with the point. It just keeps that unbeaten run going. And in terms of the performance, everything that we've spoken about about the need for Wednesday to be more resolute, and you know, there were you know there were some flying flying blocks, last ditch tackles. We spoke to Bailey after the game, and he said sort of paid testament to the effort of the the three defenders in front of him. Um, and yeah, to keep a clean sheet with with a scratch defensive line at Fratton Park, yeah, I think uh, Wednesday can come away from that one pretty happy. Yeah. Sixty-seven days without defeat now for the Owls. That's pretty impressive by anyone's standards. A few questions coming in. Colin Parkinson says, "What's wrong with our training ground? Our injury record is shocking for the past five years. Can any of the the most recent spate of injuries do you feel can they be attributed to the training ground or potential issues?" that have occurred there. What we do know, you know, as someone that's, you know, a long, long way from ever putting his boots on and, uh, and training at Middlewood Road, um, I, ca I can't comment too much. I think, you know, you, you, you sort of get little whispers and I think there is sort of a growing uh, consensus that it, it must have something to do with it. Um, what we know about the training ground is, is a small area. Um, in recent years, Dave Function Series put a lot of money into um, the dome and, and um, you know, the facilities down there. Um, but each manager has, has commented on the fact that it needs more work and, and it is too small. And maybe, you know, either you take the first team or the, or the senior team somewhere else and the academy stays there or vice versa. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly something that the club are looking into. <clears throat> if you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Darren Moore told us that there would be, you know, investigation of sorts into... Uh, what he described at the time as the worst injury crisis in in 30 years in professional football. Um, I spoke to him on Tuesday about it briefly. He said that all the players have had their isokinetic, uh, it's easy for me to say, uh, tests on their bodies and um, they should have something in the next sort of week or, or couple of weeks. And, and he's, he, he asked me as well to, to remember to... To ask him about it, which of course we would have done anyway, but it shows that he's keen to sort of share with the fans that there has been an investigation. It, you know, hopefully it has been effective and and that they might get something out of that because it's no new problem. But we've we've spoken about it, haven't we, a, a number of times and and injuries to people like Dunkley, Adenaran, Hutchinson, Iorfa, for them to all come at one time. It, it, there's no doubt whatsoever that it's impeded Wednesday this season um, and impeded Darren Moore and what he wants to do because with a new new group of players, you want that core to be available. 
um, and they, they just haven't been. Um, but it's no new problem at Wednesday. So whoever the manager is that manages to come in and end the injury woes that Wednesday have had will uh, no doubt have a few managers before and maybe send them a text saying, well done, because it's it goes back to probably Carlos and, and before that. Definitely. Another question from, I think it's Darren Trewick. If I pronounce your surname wrong, apologies if I have. Isn't Young Hurst a good diver? Um, yeah. George <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he was a popular man on uh, on Tuesday anyway. Did he enjoy those chants about him? He said he did afterwards. I must admit, I didn't speak to him. It was, um, it was the radio, the radio solo, I think, um, spoke to him. Uh, and I was sort of picked up the quotes, but um, I, I thought he played pretty well, to be fair. You know, you, you, I've not seen an awful lot of George Hurst, but um, saw him a couple of times when he was a kid at Wednesday and obviously had all the potential in the world. In that first 20 minutes, he was a right handful. Uh, Darren's probably got. A point there with the diving, he, he, you know, for a for a relatively <laughs> big unit uh, who can get away from defenders, he does seem to uh, to go down a little bit easily. There was there was two or three occasions really on Tuesday night where where that may have well have been the case. But he played pretty well. He seemed to take things in in decent spirit. That you know, there the really was. I think I tweeted it. It was fairly relentless the the Wednesday <laughs> the, the Wednesday end towards him, but. Um, it's all good fun. It's a lot of years ago now, all that sort of stuff. I think what I was, I, I cannot give you the lyrics to the song because it's frankly not appropriate for uh, for daytime consumption. But um, it sort of alluded to the fact that David Hurst is a legend and George Hurst is not, shall we say? Um, but yeah, that that was that was sort of pleasing for me um, because obviously. David Hurst got got lumped into a lot of the controversy, and um, yeah, it was nice that they uh, made it clear that that their love for for David still exists, as we would have expected. Yeah, if you are listening on Facebook, um, don't forget to drop us a comment with your player of the year and why, and uh, we'll get through those in a couple of minutes. Um, Alex, talk us through some of the, the tightening up measures that are taking place at the club, if you could, in light of. The new COVID variant and, and Plan B that's been enacted as of today or in the next couple of days at least. Yeah, well, the, the Plan B stuff won't necessarily affect the players too much. I think it will be interesting. I'm trying to get some answers on this. If the players aren't vaccinated, will they be allowed in the ground? That's something that hasn't hasn't quite been said yet. I imagine there's some sort of you know work loophole um, that that would exist because obviously you can't necessarily stop people working but uh yeah trying to get a, a little bit of clarity on that and i'm sure we will in, in the coming days I, I won't be the only sports writer asking those questions i'm sure um but yeah i mean even even before that announcement uh darren told us on tuesday night that the the club have um sort of retrenched into a, a phase one sort of way of doing things so it's so a way back when in terms of um Players have been segregated at certain times. They've opened up all the changing room space that they can possibly have um, to, to try and move players further apart. Meal times, you know, things like that in the canteen. Players aren't just, you know, lumping in and, and doing what they like. Um, they're wearing masks at certain times. They're doing this, that and the other. Um, and they've, they've spoken to the families about what the families are doing and, and trying to prevent 
you know, the, the any any sort of virus coming coming into the homes of the players. So they they're clearly taking it very very seriously. We've seen at Spurs this week um, what an out, outbreak can do. We obviously saw at the start of the year that that Wednesday were were touched by it and and had games postponed. And I remember that trip down to Exeter when they had three outfield players on the bench and a load of kids start and all the rest of it. So um, yeah, clearly, you know, with what Darren Moore's been through. He's one that's, that's going to take this very, very seriously. Um, for example, you know, post-match, um, some clubs, many clubs have, have taken their post-match interviews with players and managers back inside into into press rooms. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we, we, we do them outdoors because Darren Moore doesn't feel necessarily all that comfortable, you know, in a cramped room with 15 people. He doesn't know where they've been or what they've been doing. So, you know, clearly they're, they're taking it very, very seriously and, and good on them as well. You know, if it could be derailing, you know, we've just spoken about the injuries and stuff. If there was another one of them. It, it could be a real problem. So, yeah, certainly they're uh, they're doing everything they can. Definitely, yeah. And and as far as fans are concerned then, COVID passports at Hillsborough, I presume they're going to be needed pretty soon. Yeah, uh, seven days is what uh, Johnson said yesterday. Uh, so yeah, that it will come into effect uh, for the Accrington Stanley game uh, at Hillsborough weekend, isn't it? Yeah, week on, week on Saturday. Um, and yeah, I mean, you've got to feel for the clubs. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and comment on whether it's a, a good thing or a bad thing. There's there's far more qualified people than than me, and I wouldn't like to speculate on that. Um, but yeah, for the clubs who are already cash strapped from from everything that that this uh, virus has done to football in the last couple of years um, to be asked to put on extra staff, extra provisions. Um, it's a it's a real blow for football clubs in the football league. I'll be interested to see whether the government will uh, give uh, be able to give any money, the EFL, Premier League again, whatever it might be, to help clubs because you know a lot of clubs were already sort of struggling for for staffing and stuff. You know. And um, yeah, it, it's just another blow for them. Um, I think we're, we're probably likely to be looking at, at staged entry. So people in certain states going at this time, people in that, you know, it's a it's a rigmarole that, that's going to be very, very difficult indeed. I've, I've spoke to a lot of people on Twitter. I myself, I've, I've been to sporting events where it's required a, a COVID passport or a, a NHS passport, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, they've not been tested or looked at particularly vigorously um, because it is such a, a rigmarole and it's very, very difficult to implement. Um, I've no doubt that Wednesday will do everything they can to be as absolutely vigilant as they possibly can. And I think a lot of clubs will have, you know, spent. it's not come as a massive surprise, you know, that they, they will have had contingencies in, in place. Um so yeah, hopefully it all goes relatively smoothly. You know, I think people should try and be patient as they can um, because you know the, this isn't the the club's fault. Put it that way. Yeah, well, I don't want to skirt over an important issue, but let's get back to on the pitch issues. It's Crew this weekend. Uh, they're four points from safety in twenty third, but they did win on Tuesday. Quite an impressive two 0 win over Lincoln City. It, can we file this one under potential banana skin? Yeah, I mean they all are. Every time you ask us that, Steve, you know it does. Yeah, it, it I need really, to get new cliched phrases. I think, don't I? 
Yeah, well, no, not uh, you're absolutely right to, but every team in this division seems to be, you know, the 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 games that Wednesday have drawn, you know, you look down, you know, there's a lot of teams there that you'd expect them to to have beaten. But yeah, I think crew you'd put in the same category for the next three games, really, as teams that Wednesday should be um should be looking at beating. Um but that, as you say, you know, they've had a bit of an uptick in form. I think across all competitions they've won three in the last five. Uh they've all been um three uh two nil wins. So yeah, uh David Artel sort of spoken about another manager to speak about sort of the the big dogs at Sheffield Wednesday and um yeah it'll be another big day in, in crew of Wednesday come to town I think. Definitely yeah I think it's seven away games without defeat for Wednesday but like I said these um all these records are just there to be shot out I presume um realistically it would be good news to have Shea Dunkley back because this is another one of those games where it feels like a Shea Dunkley fixture. I know crew like to, to get it down and play, but anyone who's been to, it's not Gresty Road anymore, I don't think, but um, it's a small stadium, minus the one big stand. It's a small surface as well. When it gets a bit old school, Shea's the, the man to call upon, isn't it, it seems? I'd say so. I'd say so. He, 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 as I said, they did very well on, on Tuesday, but you could notice his absence, I think. Um, Callum Patson sort of took over as aerial destroyer in chief. I described him as, but um, yeah, certainly it, it would be a big, big bonus to have Dunkley back, to have Windass back, um, and even Brennan if he's able to come in. You know, it remains to be seen because Callum Patson has done pretty well in, in those two games. But um, yeah, I mean, someone that I'm looking forward to seeing if he starts, and it is a, it is a big if at the minute, is is. George Byers, who's spoken about his need to wait for an opportunity. Um, and yeah, he plays that that holding role in a very, very different way to Massimo Luongo. But in terms of the fixtures that have fallen, it couldn't really have fallen much better for him in that it, it's three teams where you'd expect Wednesday to dominate the ball and his technical abilities would, would come into play rather than maybe Luongo's more um, combative sort of attributes. So um, yeah, huge opportunity for for George Byers through injury and through illness and a few other bits. Um, this this move to Wednesday is just it's not gone anywhere near where he'd like. He's, he said himself that he's been frustrated by it, and it's up to him now to make sure it goes the other way to his to his spell at Portsmouth, which which just passed him by a little bit. Yeah, another question: How long before Hutchinson is back in training? Have we got any idea on that one? Uh, as far as we're aware, he's not back in training just yet. He's doing some sort of light stuff, but he's he's not on the grass just yet. Uh, I asked Darren a week or two ago whether we would likely see him before the new year. Uh, and his answer was, I'm going to be optimistic and say yes. So um, reading between the lines of that, that may well be a target, that sort of new year line, but I wouldn't expect to see him maybe in the next three or four matches necessarily. Um and yeah, if, if I was a betting man, I'd suggest it be January before we see Sam Hutchinson. Yeah, question from me. Um, do you think do you think he would put Brennan back in the team ahead of Marvin Johnson? Well, he'd play on the other side. So that's yeah. not necessarily it, it would I think it'd be Brennan coming back in for for Patterson. And the question would be, could Patterson be better utilized elsewhere, I think? Um but no, I think I think Marvin Johnson like we Darren Moore's made it absolutely clear what he wants a left footer on that left side. Um, and as we've said, he's done pretty well. You know, if, if he if he'd come in 
as a defender, we didn't know anything about his background. I don't think anyone would um, would sort of decry what he's done. I thought again on Tuesday, look, a couple of hairy moments on the ball, a couple of odd decisions maybe. But in terms of turning defence into attack, which is something that, that Darren Moore's keen to implement, um, I thought he was fantastic really on the ball, really made a couple of incisive passes and, and did stuff that some of the other, you know, more full-time defenders wouldn't wouldn't be able to do it Wednesday. So I'd expect him to keep his place. If Dunkley's fit, then there's obviously a conf- com- conversation about whether Liam Palmer goes into the, the right and, and then it starts looking like a, a proper defence again. Yeah. People don't want to talk about players players of the season. Um, another injury-related question. How long before I offer is back in training? Uh, New Year at the best. Um, we'll try and get a little update on things there. Um, again, if I was a betting man, I don't think it's a case. The, the line has been New Year on, on Dominic Orfer, or, or we won't see him again this year. Uh, if I was a better man, I'd suggest it was it would maybe be a, a little bit further on, um, maybe the end of January or, or February at the earliest, um, which is a massive blow, isn't it? Um, for all, for all the attributes that I offer or brings, um, but yeah, I would I wouldn't expect to see him anytime soon. Okay, thanks for that. Um, transfer rumours. Obviously, this is going to heat up in the next few weeks. Um, we know the Owls are looking for a left-sided centre-back. Um, Josh Ruffles is the latest player to be linked with the club. Does he sort of fall into that left centre-back role or is he more of a left-back out and out? I think he's more of a left-back, but as more sort of shown already at Wednesday, I don't think he's he's frightened of uh, pushing a player inside or, or making those sort of tactical tweaks. So if he was to come in and they were to, to continue with three at the back, uh, I don't think more would have any qualms playing Ruffles as a, a left-sided centre-back. Uh, what do we know about it? Joe ran a story this week uh, on the back of our, our colleagues at, at Yorkshire Live that, that broke the story, um, confirming that, that Wednesday are interested. There's a number of clubs that are interested across League One and the Championship. But it sounds very much like Huddersfield have no intention of, of letting him go at this stage. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a difficult one to get over the line. Um but it, it's good that, you know, these, these names are just starting to come out. And, you know, from what we gather, Wednesday have been very proactive in, in trying to get new players in. I think as soon as Lewis Gibson went down all those weeks ago, the, the wheels of motion started turning. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few more names before the uh, before the month's out. Yeah, it's always an exciting time, if, if not a busy one. Uh, we'll move on to the top three players and the, and the players of the season so far. Haven't had much take up on this one, but... Jason Milcott does say that he thinks Liam Palmer, uh, he said he's the most underrated player at Hillsborough and gives us all for the club 100%. I think you've done a story on with Liam uh, this week. I mean, it could have even been today, just on his um, the man's sheer versatility. Seems to have played just about everywhere, apart from in goal in the last 10, 12 years or so. Yeah, obviously started off as a, as a young midfielder and went off to Tranmere. Played 43 games, I think, in, in League One as a 19-year-old uh, central midfielder and is obviously under Carlos and in that time, you know, proven to be a, a very good and very effective championship level fullback. Uh, he's someone that I think gets far too much stick. I think, you know, it's it's been a common theme that um, players that have been at Wednesday for a long time get 
lumped in with the frustrations that we've had at Wednesday over the last few years, which is natural. Um, but I think this season he's, he's been excellent, as, as Jason says. Um, underrated, dependable. He's missed one game and that was through illness, not injury. Um, so all the frustrations around players that that do get injured, Liam Palmer is not one of those one of those players. And uh, I'd look at his stats this morning. All, all all his numbers are up: clearances, blocks, pass accuracy, interceptions, everything you want to see from a defender uh, is up on on last season. So uh, yeah, certainly a, a good shout. I think I said on the pod last week, didn't I? That as as things stand right here, right now, if I had to give a player of the season. Liam Palmer probably uh, just about shave it. Could you complete the set with another two players and your reasons why? Just to yeah, wrap us up. Lee Gregor will be up there. Okay. I think for his goals, uh, his contribution. There have been weeks and in games, including Tuesday, where you just wonder whether he maybe could have done more to get himself into the game. Um, but those have been few and far between. I think he's been an excellent signing. Uh, Barry Bannon's never far away from the conversation. Um, he's been relatively consistent. He hasn't quite had the the standout performances that we'd see, but I think a lot of that's um, when I say standout performances, I don't I don't mean like you look at him and you think he hasn't been a standout. Of course, Barry Bannon in in most League One games is a is a standout player, but there's really really you know he, he just absolutely bosses a game for for ninety minutes. I'm not sure we've had one of those yet this season. Um, but a lot of that's been down to the position that he's been asked to play in, in the absence of Luongo and Byers. Um, so he wouldn't be far off. Um, Dunkley probably hasn't played enough, really, to for me, maybe, to, to be part of the conversation, but has been uh, has been excellent as well. A shout for Callum Patterson, who I think most people know is, is not only my favourite player, but my favourite person. Um, just for his sheer housery and the way that he goes about things. But he's another one that's been, he's literally played up front to centre-back, to the middle of midfield and on the wing. And I think he's been pretty effective in, in everywhere he's played. So I, I don't know how many names I've given you there, Stu. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not free. So um, it's, it's a good six, but there's still time to, to narrow it down, to be fair. So appreciate it. You've named half a team there. So um, <laughs> It's not like me to sit on the bench. Yeah, you've almost given us a start in 11. Um, well, that brings us to a close for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening and for your questions and comments. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, check out the star.co.uk forward slash Sheffield Wednesday for your latest Owls news. Cheers.